Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The crew of the No Wrong Answers, Arda, Clink, Pinch, Zahark, leave behind the interstellar battlefield. And reaches. He'll come soon. <laughs> leave oh. behind the interstellar battlefield, leaving behind the traitor of the free captains, leaving behind your friend and former colleague, Interesh, heading towards the biggest baddest, darkest known place in Diaspora. For many, that would indeed be Havanac's Vortex. A vortex that makes itself known twice yearly and sucks in passers-by never to be seen again. But you have the no wrong answers. Seek something else. Something that has beckoned you. Something that has called you. And something for which you demand answers. As you travel close to the coordinates, is there anything as the four of you are on board the No Wrong Answers that you would like to say? Friends, do we have a plan? We are heading into dangerous territory and as far as I'm aware, our main plan is to survive? That's always my plan. How will we deal with the Vortex and then also the Omen Bringer? Well, the Vortex is only open for a very short window twice a year. It's unlikely that we should deal with it as a direct danger. Clivic is correct. The last time the Vortex appeared to have opened was roughly five months and twelve days ago. And how many times has it opened this year? I count one. So we're... we're few weeks, weeks away, away. <laughs> living a little close. Does it, does it work be on okay. a strict schedule or does it switch things up ever? It tends to be, <laughs> as you would call it, zany and unpredictable well, that in its cool. appearance. It could. It could. It could. So it could have been. Many things could happen. I think the more direct issue is the large oxygen cruiser that may see us coming. It doesn't know we're coming though. Perhaps discretion would be our best plan of attack. We don't, we don't know, know what we're dealing with. with. I think, think essentially what we're trying to do is discover their plans. If we can have tangible proof of their crimes, um, perhaps the authorities could be called to deal with it. You've got to stop bringing up the authorities, man. <laughs> well, anonymously, anonymously, I think obviously. more importantly, I cannot speak for us all, but I want that data, the missing pieces of this puzzle. The Omen Bringer should have it. That's where they were transporting it. If we can get that, I will consider myself very lucky. Well, if we can use that data to arrest what's begun in you, the twisted 
version of regeneration, and I would be very happy to. As the No Wrong Answers continues following the river between, eventually Regis begins to take you off course as you veer left away from the dominant portion of the asteroid belt, veering just inside as you pass the coordinates, well, just around what is believed to be the vortex itself. And as you venture for a few minutes more, as Teresh stated, it is unmistakable. A ginormous asteroid that looms and hovers and floats in space. I do appear to be detecting something on the other side of this asteroid. Shall I proceed? Bring us in as low a power state as possible. Essential power only. All the lights dim in the cabin. There's only sort of the orange lights Just the lights from the machinery that are casting glows upon your face as you peer out onto the view screen. Shutters halfway down. You might see a faint glow from Arda's skin, but also all of the glowing jewellery and batteries she has yeah. <laughs> strapped about her person. The only part of Pinch you can see are the rocks above his head. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Already back on. <laughs> the ship, the no wrong answers, continues on as you start to turn your ship vertical to climb above the asteroid. And then, as you make your way over, it begins to crest to peek over the top of this astronomical asteroid, the foreboding floating starship. Like the long resting corpse of some gargantuan whale, the mere presence of this ship is dreadfully disturbing and wholly horrifying. Unmistakably Eoxian by design, with the hull resembling the ribcage of some otherworldly beast, with multiple sections of the ship seemingly open to the void of space. And yet, ominous is too simple a word to describe the feeling of staring into the gullet of the Omenbringer, where the bright red light appears to emanate from within as it permeates seemingly throughout the entirety of the ship. You can see near the back of the ship one tall, elongated barb appears to emit a dulled bluish hue in opposition to the rest of the Omenbringer. Uh, I am picking up a lot of unusual activity towards the aft of the ship. It appears to originate from the large spike towards the back, a large concentration of energy that appears separate from the rest of the vessel. The ship does appear to be running, but I believe it is using, like us, essential power only. I am also detecting an amount of radiation on board, however, one moment. Indeed, it is at a low enough level that the environmental protections of your suit shall provide sufficient defense against the threat. I detect many places to dock within the mouth of the Omenbringer. And I will show you now, because Phil had seen this, but you had not, what the ship actually looks like. I'd seen it, because I know all about ships. (laughs) smart bug. Yeah, I've got a hobby. And you can see these in our Discord. That is horrible. Oh, it looks kind of cute. Oh, yeah. Tickle it under its little chin. (laughs) It looks like a weird kind of sawfish almost, but yeah, it's just a a mass of bones. Definitely looks like something luring us into that centre. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) We're going to have to, like, float into its maw to dock with it. Um... Uh, uh, Regis, uh, are there any, any other support, support ships, ships in the local, local sector? Mm, one moment. Surrounded, no. Though, from visual and from detection, there does appear to be a variety, a large amount of ships stationed within the mouth itself. Though, at least from my senses, I detect no life forms on board. Well, that, well, that doesn't, doesn't help. help. They, the could, they could be, well, <laughs> yes. I'd be more bothered if there was. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. um, But maybe if there are a bunch of ships already docked there, we won't be as easily spotted if we land amongst them. That sounds like a plan. I know that the ship is Eoxian in nature, but are there life forms aboard? Not that I can ascertain. Hmm. Another piece of data. Shall we? Let's... Into the mouth, into the moor. I'm glad somebody's enjoying themselves. 
journey into the belly of the beast. The thrusters of the No Wrong Answers comes to a slow, steady stop as you carefully and diligently dock among many of the empty platforms jutting out from the sides of the ship, if you can imagine the circular hole that makes up the entrance. There are lots of platforms that dot the edge and there is banisters on the side like railings that you can traverse along to get into the 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 body of the ship correct you can walk yeah the hangar door goes down and as always here you are off you go then a rather more somber mood would be appropriate to this i thought that was somber my apologies always wish us luck as well that would be nice i hope you find what it is you are looking for. Thank, thank you, Regis. That's the first time Clink's ever said thank you. <laughs> I can't be right. <laughs> well, he doesn't technically say anything. <laughs> he thinks thank you. Ah. <laughs> you've, you've bamboozled him. <laughs> <laughs> now we can't get back on our fucking ship because it's just buffering and <laughs> chewing that one over and over. Glivik's kind of feeling quite nervous. He's checking all the seals on his suit, double-checking his batteries, his laser rifle. He's really nervous about being here. Mm. Yeah. As you make your way down the steps and onto the platform, up the narrow platform to join the horizontal railing that starts running along the opening of the Omen Bringer. Following along the precarious railing, you trepidatiously shuffle along the boardwalk, your backs openly exposed to the vastness of space. Your bodies awash in a blaze of red as eventually you reach a stone-cold white door. It slides across with ease. And you're met with a darkened corridor, quite thin, with neon red tubing denoting the path inside. This seems like the only way forward. Come, friends. We must venture on. And Zahak is going to just step boldly. Zahak's taking the lead. It's it's a cantrip. I haven't used it yet, but maybe uh, as Arda steps out of the ship and steps forward, she might raise her hand and slowly move her digits to cast Detect Magic? Absolutely. Detect Magic. So, yeah, um, how It's a does... long shot, but I haven't used it yet, and uh, we are entering un- the unknown, so I think uh, as much data as we can possibly get is helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. So, And how does Detect Magic work? That's a good question, Sean. Just I detect I, I all if... magic spells, effects, items, and objects, including those on affecting creatures I can see, as well as hybrid items in the area. Uh, I can't detect magical traps in this way, as they are created with additional magic. Each round I concentrate on the same area, I can determine if one magic source I detect is from a spell, magic item or other effect. Uh, And the caster level for item. I feel even if it's slightly outside of the scope of the detect magic, I will utilize this. Um, You do not detect any magic whatsoever, besides obviously the spells that are running currently from yourself and if anyone else has uh, raised anything such as the Aeon Stones. And even then, the yeah, the Aeon Stones are kind of hybrid in nature. That being said, what kind of goes hand in hand with what Regis told you? There does seem to be some sort of energy uh, that you can detect as a sort of hybrid item that seems to Uh, originate more towards the back of the ship as he mentioned that soul spike Mm. uh, that barb that was at the top that was giving off a slightly different hue a strange energy that he was unable to kind of specify right yes yeah so it's um, just to kind of tighten up your explanation a little bit so it's a a 60 foot cone in front of you that lasts a minute Mm. if you keep concentrating so you can sort of keep emanating that as I move forward so I guess we like I'm guessing it's more than 60 foot away but it's so powerful maybe that you can kind of detect the faint echo it's, of it. It's, it's like a faint echo. You yeah. like It's almost like, you, I, I would say for the purposes of this, it could just be utilised like a hot cold type mm. scenario. Yeah, like yeah. this is a mammoth ship. It's its own little city. Like it's huge. Uh, it's known as a gargantuan size uh, ship. So you could at least get a, a, a small reading of potentially where you might have to go. I don't, I don't like, like this silence. silence. 
energy source is incredibly large. And the ship itself is enormous. The journey, a mammoth undertaking. You start to not lose track, but not bother counting the time as minute upon minute upon minute passes away as you trek from corridor to open space, what appears to be war rooms, small offices, large mess halls. The temperature as you move in closer to the heart of the ship drops unnervingly cold. And the skeletal-like structure of the hull sometimes, as you round a corridor, gives way to what appears to be, or at least what you would note it as, artificial flesh. Eoxian architecture at play once more, as then the skeletal frame, not unlike what you saw in the Eoxian embassy, once more complemented by the red hue that is constantly pulsing and vibrating through the ship, illuminating your faces. And eventually, as you round a corner, and this is 10-20 minutes into the journey, you see something that heretofore you had not stumbled across on the Omenbringer. A being. A human. Dressed in blood-stained armour, various skulls, viscera, and sharp weaponry draping around them. But they are still. More importantly, they are discoloured. They are misshapen. They are dead. Dead in the way all Eoxians are dead? Or? Like dead. Dead as dead, in about dead? to attack us dead or like crumpled on the floor dead? Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a human, standing. not an Elibrian. Yeah, dead is, dead is a, a, a relative sometimes. Mm, yeah. Yes. When, uh, what space are we in? How far away are they? Uh, and what's like past them? Is it a, is it a hallway? Or so a, you're a in a, a small tight corridor. You've just yep. rounded a corner and about 12 to 20 feet away. It's just slumped on the ground in that way. Uh, Zahak will approach. Great. And search them. You search over. It becomes readily apparent this is a member of the cult of the Devourer. You can see even through kind of the the pus-filled face and the discoloration, the misshapenness. This was once a human. You rifle through and you find, um, I will say, actually, I can get something. One sec. Items. I was about to say, because... If you're rifling, Pinch is absolutely asking, anything good in there? <laughs> I think Pinch would probably, as I go up, because you're faster than me, Pinch is probably going to be jumping ahead. I'm not going to stop you from looking, but I'm just going to hover very close and ask that question. Mm-hmm. Around my, my hip. Yes. Yeah. I'm interested in the physiology. Oh, I'll get to that in a moment. Oh. I'm keeping lookout. Someone needs to. Yeah. <laughs> we can't all be looking at this one. Buddy. You find what is known as a ghoulish pain claw. This powered gauntlet has bladed spikes for fingers, which have built-in injectors connected to three reservoirs for storing substances used with the injection weapon special injury poison, or a medicinal compound. Rather than trigger the injection on the weapon's first attack, you can choose whether to inject one of these substances upon dealing damage with the paint claw, or even select which materials to inject. If the three reservoirs contain different compounds, a pain claw can inject only one substance per attack. The hand wearing a pain claw can't be used to hold or operate any other weapons or piece of equipment. Donning or removing the pain claw is a full action. The pain claw cannot be disarmed. Sick. Yeah, it's like a hypodermic gauntlet with three tubes attached to it. It's very steampunk. (laughs) Yeah. I love it's a ghoulish pain pain claw, uh, uh, implying that there's like a fluffy pain claw. A regular pain claw. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. standard pain claw. Yeah, standard. And so you, you, you... pull this off. It, it's kind of half off the human anyway um, as you uh, grab it off. Pinch, this is for you. <gasps> a gift! <laughs> um, and Pinch is going to immediately try it on. Great, you you put it on. It's slightly <laughs> like it's a little, it's slightly small for you but you can still use it. It's slightly small for me? Ah, uh, big right. for you, sorry. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, how yeah. small is this human? You're small human. Yeah. And by this time, the clink and ardor, you're starting to come up as well. Does it have any liquids? Yeah, in does the it reservoir? have anything loaded into it? Mm. Uh, yes. Have, it has the like a pus s- and blood of the person who wore it. It has a special pain serum or something. Oh, Ki- right. Kids, listen up. Mix needles. 
Share them around. Reuse them. Don't. Unless they're knitting needles. No, you throw those out. Once you use them, you throw them out. They're single use. One and done. (laughs) Put your knitting knitting needles in the shop's bin. Yes. (laughs) Nibbing needles. Nibbing needles. Those grannies have had too many. Ellen. What did you say Arda was looking to do? I think she sees a slumped figure and she uh, immediately wants to check life, cause of death. I think she just is wanting to help and then realises it's a dead body and so immediately asks the question. What happened to this person? Make me a life science check. Is it life or medicine? Can I assist with a medicine check? Uh, actually, let's let's utilise a medicine as, uh, for that instead, and then you can aid for that as well if you want. It's a good chance to use your medicine, actually. Yeah, I do. 11. Yep, so it's a plus <laughs> two, Ellen, to your roll oh, on great. top of that. Um, so that is 19. This person has died from some sort of radiation, which seems to have in some way, shape or form been the cause of this disfigurement of the discoloration that's there. As to what specifically the radiation is, you are wildly unclear, but that's very clearly the cause of death. And more important to note is that it has nothing to do with the um, injector that is on their hand. Ah, I was just going to say, Pinch, this person died of radiation. You might want to check out that glove, or at least not put it on your flesh. Well, you had gloves on, to be fair. Like you had an environmental oh, suit I was on. I'm yes. too late for that, just but no, it's over you, my. Before you put it on your bare flesh, please just decontaminate it in future. Sure, I'll I'll leave it over this for now, and we'll see how we go. Do I know how long this person has been dead? Look, it's it's hard to tell also because of how kind of like disfigured and such they are. Yeah. Like it's really hard to fully oh, get a grasp on that. Their whole body. Has been- Completely burned from this energy. I can't determine how long they've been dead. No, it does make things harder. It's completely irradiated. I can only assume that it's got something to do with the massive energy source up ahead. Regis did say there was a form of radiation in the ship, but it was at a safe level. For us in our suits. Yes. This fellow didn't seem like he was so lucky. Well, we should... Uh, be aware, aware if we feel any burning sensations as we move deeper into the ship, we don't uh, become overcome ourselves. Very wise. All four of you make a perception check for well, <laughs> We feel burning now. <laughs> uh, you perceive your flesh to be melting. Nine for me. Eighteen. Oh, good. <laughs> Twenty-three. Twenty-seven. Okay, well. Yeah. It is only for the briefest of moments as Arda is uh, looking down at this creature and you're trying to get a reading on how long they have been dead for, how Mm. long they've been here for, that you don't notice as the other three. Almost out of the corner of your eyes, for the briefest of moments, what what your brain originally perceives as just, oh, like two lights up above you. But you do turn and what was two like lights inside a vent then flicker off. Potentially didn't see it, but it was strange. I think if Pinch thinks he sees something, he would just say, Did anyone else see that? Yes. 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 I, saw, I it. saw it. Yes, it's there. Two lights. Two, 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 two eyes, eyes, perhaps. Where? And I doubt it's a friend. That's all right. We still have a friend here. Hello, friend. How are you? Please don't eat him, he is highly radiated. I'm not suicidal. Good. I'll roll deception. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) And? Uh, Do I need need to do sense motive? Yeah, you're fine. It's a one. It's it's a dirty one. Well, that's an eight in total. Yeah, well, he's telling the truth. He lies badly and you go, okay. There's no reason. It's just like, like, yes, the Hulk says it. Is that a joke? Okay. (laughs) I'm thrown by the general tone of the evening. What I meant to infer from that. Yes. Are you doing what I think you're going to do? Grave words on the corpse. Uh, The Hulk gets close, puts his hand over the creature's mouth and says... Oh, brother, I'm pulling you back from the void, briefly, to show my dominion over you, dead thing. There is silence. Nothing happens, I see. Speak, creature. Speak, dead thing. Speak, man-meat. Speak. As the hark 
looms over this dead creature, yelling at it, demanding that it speaks as you watch. He's yelling at a corpse, and the corpse is not moving. Zahak puts his foot through its head. There is no helmet, there is no shielding. It implodes under his seven-foot boot as blood and gore and brains splatters across the steel ground. Do some souls not respond to that spell? Yes. And Zahak walks away. Oh, I hope I haven't offended him. The four of you make your way further down the cavernous corridors. Keeping an eye out for those two little lights watching. Mm. I have a blind sense. I, I can detect movement within 60 foot. Yes. You, uh, you're seeing Daredevil, Ellen? It's that. It's not hearing, though. It's vibrations. literally in the air picked up in my antenna. Yeah. Like Daredevil. Like Daredevil. Like Daredevil. <laughs> the, uh, you know, his antenna. <laughs> As Arda, as you you kind of make adjustments, you don't exactly know where you're going. Um, as you keep heading forward, you make little course corrections each time you feel the detect magic spell wavering or waning, and you take a different direction in order to keep that slow niggling pull of the energy strong and that's kind of your guide your compass as you make your way go up levels and continue on forward at one point you see sprayed in blood across the walls is the saying that you heard on Eox we will enjoin with the void and we will be no more we will become one with the darkness and we will be no more Few will see until he is upon us, but we will welcome his nothingness with open mouths. The devourer will consume us all. And as you continue to traverse through this ship, you see sometimes unfinished versions of this paragraph, the entire thing, words splattered here and there. Sometimes it's just pure fucking nonsense, but it's always in blood or gore or viscera, or unknown substances. It varies wildly, but it is all disturbing. Zahark. Yes? To the cult of the devourer, does it not matter whom is being devoured and who devours? Well, there's one devourer. And the cultists, they do not also seek to devour? They do, but eventually we are devoured. I see. Everything dies, Arden. Everything dies. You feel it, a slight hot pang on the front of your face, Arda, as the detect magic comes to a grinding halt and you realise that you have stepped towards a door that whatever you are searching for is just beyond. It comes out of nowhere. You are simply upon the door. You are in... Another unmarked hallways, red hue as always, but there is just a large stone door that clearly is the room you are after. Everything does die, but I believe something else takes its place. And friends, today is not the day that we die. The next step is through this door. Are we ready to take it? Gonna heft my laser rifle, as I'll ever be. Harder. Um, Pinch is gonna swap out the, his new glove <laughs> <laughs> for his his trusty uh, rifle. Great. <laughs> his, little, his sniper rifle or his rifle rifle? His pistol rifle. Oh, Sonic, sorry, his Sonic pistol. pistol, his pistol. Sonic pistol. Yep. Uh, Zahak. Uh, he puts one hand filled with his semi-auto pistol, and the other hand filled with his dueling sword, both on his right hand side because he's right handed. Great. And oh, that's a nice that it was a Huck fan. Yeah. And he says... Huck law. Arda, we are ready. Are you? Yes. And she goes to open the door. You open, you step through, and you are greeted by a Yosoki with a sonic pistol, a Kasathan with a sword and a gun in their right hand. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A Sheeran and yourself, Arda. You're looking at a screen. Huh. A screen at the far end of the wall that shows the four of you as you step in. With a red blinking light on the top, it's recording. It's still recording. It's a video message in progress. You step in into the room, and much like the Eoxian lab where Station Black was, this is quite an open-planned, domed room. And you look up at the top, and the top is open. There is a semi-transpermeable force field on the top, but you can very much see the sky um, above you and the stars as they twinkle about with a few rocks as they float across. And in the center, though, piercing through is the large barb that is throbbing and pulsing in a light blue hue. It is dormant, but it is there and you follow the shaft down where this primary main computer is situated with a large screen and one single chair and as you go around to where the chair is you don't see a person or at least you don't think so it's almost as if there was a permanent person there and they peeled themselves off and there's like a portion of the human on that seat. There's like, and bits of blood and viscera. And this recording there is still actively going. Besides that, much more of the same uh, science paraphernalia and situated around the machinery. You can see lots of concoctions and various uh, knickknacks that are infused into this probe, this barb of sorts. Antenna, this... (laughs) signal booster this what is it we might be able to rewind this tape and see how long this video has been recording for Uh, I I think I'll like go to do my hacker shit (laughs) harder you are step forward yeah Yeah. just just for the sake of it just give me a computer's roll cool because I think that's fun Uh, that's a 20 great Natty 20 or dirty? Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Dirty 20. Um, so you rush forward and as you surmise, you you stop the recording um, and the screen freezes for a second and you go up to the console and you start to reverse back and the days go by. Nothing really happens. And then eventually after it's been a few months, uh, you reconfigure to look for as you, you can't wait you can't just wait days no, are going yes, by. Yeah. So you reconfigure um, the algorithm to look for movement. Anything changing. Anything yes. changing. Cuts back to a few months before and you see a person slump back onto the chair, misshapen, disfigured, dismembered. And over time, you see a little bit of the colour come back to their face and a little bit of the bulbous nature of their body start to lessen a bit, and you hit play. How can you judge? How can you point a finger? It's not the end always. The end. (sighs) Perhaps that's just what I need to tell myself. really is outstanding. 
for what it's worth. I am sorry. But sorry means nothing now. Whether I believe what the cult of the devourer stands for or not means nothing. This beacon now stands. And it can send a signal that can touch every android within the packed world. The power of the omen bringer magnified for a single purpose. We did that. They made us do it. But we did it. And our objections mean nothing. Because in their pursuit of weaponizing the essence of the androids, they created a side effect that made things so, so much worse. We knew how it would affect the androids, we knew. But we did not factor how it would affect everyone else. Our bodies cannot handle it. We suffer. We die. We mutate. Mutate. I do believe I'm one of the last in control of my faculties, so the rest are in hiding. Resting, I... I'm not sure. I, I have seen them. I'll be one of them soon. But they can no longer make me activate the beacon. <coughs> the irony is that I'm too weak to anyway. So... I, I could o override the systems to uh, self-destruct this I could uh, self could the beacon this thing it needs to be shut down it needs to be destroyed it's an atrocity there was a protocol to self-destruct they just said uh, can I scan the computer for any kind of self-destruct protocol, any kind of emergency devices? Absolutely. You can make me another computer's check. I will help. Thank you, Clink. Uh, yeah, I got a, like, a 29. That's a plus two to the roll. Okay, so that is a, a 25. Should have used your roll. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we passed. Ah, uh, Steve work. <laughs> you can see that the primary usage of this system is, of course, to activate the beacon. And as you delve deeper into this system, a few things come clear. And Clink is able to kind of fill in the blanks in this regard is that you see a lot of the research that was uh, generated through the time on Station Black, Project Prime, the success of uh, the essence pulling that has made its way into an algorithm that has been reformatted as a wavelength. And they have used the power of the Omen Bringer to extend that, to funnel all power through this beacon to amplify the signal. And it will indeed, from the power that you can tell, it can hit the majority of the packed worlds. And you see that the primary function of its computer, what it's set up to do, is simply to activate, to switch on, to begin and end the final phase. As you dig deeper, you realize that you can also utilize this department here, this what equates to the engineering room of the Omenbringer, you could potentially override the system and activate its self-destruct sequence. Can I tell what the beacon would do? Would it would it would draw the essence from every android in the packed worlds, is that right? It does exactly what it would do to Arda, which is to start everyone's process of set up the renewal and mm. unlike what happened with Arda, it will happen instantly. They have perfected what they started. It would activate renewal on every android and they would they wouldn't be able to like 
refresh their bodies because they would all simultaneously renew. It destroys the husk, it destroys the soul, it renders androids obsolete. Just kill them all. Mm, but it would also, as they figured out, do the same to everyone Every, else in yes. the universe. Mutate, it would mutate and, yeah. and rend and destroy everybody. Ugh. Place everyone among the dust. Oh, I get it. (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) This is the information that the the four of you, uh, as you slowly gather around the computer, and you see that, not to put too fine a point on it, there's a choice. You can activate the beacon, or you can self-destruct the ship. (laughs) Pinch dance for the (laughs) prisoner. No. (laughs) So they only tested it. Or they they released the signal on board, which did that to all of them, and they were going to amplify it. Make me a engineering check. No, actually, you know what? Make me a life science check. I'm I'm not trained. Can I do it? Yeah. You could ask the question. Yeah, you ask Arda what... Did they, she thinks it's Did they oh, activate it? That's a, that's a natural 20 yeah. uh, for a 29. You pour over the logs again and you pour over more so the physical data yes. and, and the metadata rather than like any, and also kind of like visual logs and stuff rather than looking at through the hollow projectors or anything like that. Mm. Yes. And basically that thing, as much power as it have, even when deactivated, it still has residual oh. radiation. The amount of time... Uh, you know at least months that these people have spent in close proximity to this thing. If there were androids on board, it would have eventually done the same thing to them. But to everyone else, they've got the immediate kind of like micro dosage over time to this thing. I think this is its power without being activated in its nascent stage. And this projected projected across across the the packed worlds. worlds. What What were they thinking? Well... They could have been thinking any number of things, but I think now is the time for action. I'd, I'd like to go to self-destruct. <laughs> go to activate the self-destruct. Okay. <laughs> I, I want to pull the research on Android-specific. I still want to help cure Ada. Clink, you're looking at pulling some data. Um, Ada, you're looking at... I'm just looking to shut it down immediately. To activate the self-destruct or because it's already down at the moment. Yeah, I want to yeah. self-destruct it. Uh, yeah. uh, and for uh, the other two on board? I think Pinch just looks to Zark. Ada, step away from the console. I cannot. You must. I will not allow this to happen. This is a pre-programmed device. There is nothing religious about it. This is pure cruelty. It's, it's evil, Zahak. I'm sorry that you feel that way. I'm sorry that you are prejudiced that way. I'm sorry that you do not see death as I do. I think you are free to see your own death, Zahak, how you see fit. You do not get to choose for others. You do. What do you mean? You freed me from death. You kept me alive. You made those choices. You've killed. Yes. You've taken lives. You've made that choice for others. Are you evil? I am trying to do good in this world. Far greater than any of my past actions. And I cannot allow for all androids to be wiped out when we have already fought so hard to preserve our lives, our individuality, our dignity, not to mention all of the others that will suffer because of this. Well, I mean, it's not like we're going to set it off straight away while it's still affecting everyone, right? We are not going to set it off at all. This would remove everybody's choice uh, not, uh, not just, just on, on death, death, but in, in their, their whole, whole remaining lives. And, and by way down, the, the choice, choice to determine, determine what, what we do with the time we have is the greatest treasure. My people freed themselves from a hive mind, and you would activate this to reduce everyone to dust. Yes. That is something that cannot be allowed to happen. I will not allow it to happen, Zahak. Okay. 
Um, since Pinch didn't get an answer to his question, <laughs> yeah. is, am I able to roll perception or sense motive? I want to figure out if Zahark is looking to, unless he just wants to tell me, um, is looking to set it off as it is or to set it off if he can figure it out for its original goal of only affecting androids. I mean, I don't see a difference. I mean, I don't see a difference either. Pinch sees a difference yeah. because everyone gone means there's... It affects you too. <laughs> it affects him too, but even if it didn't affect him, it means there's no one left to actually take from. Yeah. Okay. Go for the roll. That's a 15. Zahak intends to set it off. I mean, if he can set it off twice, he will. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the you, worst possible you, thought that you have is you the one What do you mean by that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it can't be really explained in a role because it's not like sense motive isn't mind reading. So, yeah. like, I'm trying to describe it in a way that is yeah. sense motive. Everything must die, you've said. You know Zahak has self-preservation instincts. How about that? Yeah. He's not looking for it to affect the two of us. Uh, immediately, I yes. I don't think. Yes. Okay. Proceed. <laughs> so this You know is... Zahak's not suicidal. He yeah. has self-preservation instincts. Yes. No, right. Okay. That, I think, is is the... That's the, what comes across that's from what my comes across. question and my look to you. Yes. Cool. We're going to bring it down to a physical action each, some sort of, like, standard action each. So I'm going to ask, in turn, what each four of you intend to do, and then I will resolve it. Do we have an order in which we declare them? Because they might be referencing based on each other. That's what I'll... And we'll, we'll fine-tune it as we go through things. So because Arda did... And basically because Arda did talk about what Arda was going to do first, it's going to start with Arda. Set off the self-destruction. Yep. Yeah, for self-destruction. My fingers sequence. are on the keyboard. <laughs> Phil, you did declare what you did kind of say Originally, secondary. Originally, but since that conversation happened, I am going to prevent anyone interfering with Arda. Zahark. I am going to interfere with Arda and... <laughs> Stop her self-destructing a gift from God. <laughs> I, would, I would shoot him to stop him doing that. Pinch. Um, I... What a good season, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I want to... I knew I can trust you. God, everyone got at me for being rude. What? <laughs> oh, I mean... At the dinner. Like, oh, let's not trust... Don't trust him. <laughs> Karma and I were Phil. joking on the drive home that because it's called Among the Dust, it was very much like Among Us. Among Us and yeah. that's the like emergency table meeting yeah, where you're like, yeah, yeah. Zahak is sus. You get convinced he's not. I mean, otherwise I would have been like, oh yeah, for sure, Phil, you're right. But uh, as, as we said, Arda failed all of the yeah. sense yeah, motive yeah, roles yeah. and wants to see the best in people. Um, <laughs> Silly me. That's on you. Um... <laughs> Pinch is going to train his gun on Clink, but not fire. Great. This is going to come down to dex rolls. Shit. (laughs) So initiative, effectively? No. Okay. Well, I have a character named Dex, so... I does win automatically. <laughs> so just does, does twenty plus, like a t twenty plus our modifier. We're doing, a, we're doing a dex roll, yeah. Just raw dex, yeah. Raw dog in it. Who wants to say? Let's start with Arda. <laughs> I feel tense. Love you guys as players, but also suck my dick. It's a nat twenty. Yeah. Oh no, sorry, dodo twenty. Dodo twenty. Dodo twenty. Dodo twenty. <sighs> Clink. Let's do this. Let's do this. Six. Eighteen. As the four of you face off, (laughs) no one ready to make a move as the last syllables linger in the air and float out into the vastness of space above you. Arda and Zahark staring at one another, defiant, Clink and pinch, nervously eyeing between each other to Zahark, to Arda, to each other, to Zahark, to each other. Arda makes the first move. Arda immediately, who had already, through your computing check, been setting up ready for the self-destruct sequence. You race forward, hand up in the air, ready to hit the activate button. Zahark seven feet tall lunges forward to put a well-armed elbow strike straight into your face uncharacteristically so clink 
not willing to shoot or to direct like murderous harm, you reach out and you strike Zahark in the face. Zahark stumbles back at the same time that Pinch steps forward and levels his gun at your face. Boom! Self-destruct. Set. T-minus. Five. Minutes. Alpha. Override. And then, as the whirring and the omen bringer starts to shudder and starts to crinkle and groan and creak. Underneath that, you hear something you hadn't heard before, far off in the distance. It's low at first. And you look through and you press on one of the video screens and you get an overlay of various points in the ship and you see them lumbering and then racing as dozens upon dozens of disfigured, dismembered, reanimated beings of this ship starts to race and rollick and barrel down the ship and almost on cue out from a vent pours reanimated after reanimated and we are going to go into one final chase You have been listening to Among the Dust, which is a Roll to Cast production. The best way to find us is on Twitter, Discord, and our Patreon. All our podcasts are on Acast, Spotify, YouTube, and all good podcatchers. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash roll to cast. Starfinder and all associated properties are trademark of Paizo Incorporated, authorized through Paizo's community use policy. And for this moment, I would like you to take off your headphones. Oh. Oh, my. (laughs) Oh, my. (laughs) Should we still be on mic, Sean? I'll edit it on. Yes, still be on mic, but I'll edit it on later. Because I couldn't get it on. (laughs) Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.